the Rip Griffin Show podcast, a baseball podcast for baseball fans of all ages. Now, here's your host, Rip Griffin. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Rip Griffin Show, episode number 51. We are in off-season baseball mode, and it is exciting because uh, there's lots going on. It is The season has ended. The World Series has a champion. Baseball has a champion. And now we're heading to the off-season where we have awards, we have new hires, we have players receiving offers, free agents, all that fun stuff that the off-season takes place. And joining me this evening is Mr. Brad Chandler. Who is now, <laughs> what's going on, dude? Who is now a co-host of the Rip Griffin Show? <sighs> I don't know anybody who saw that coming. <laughs> there, must been, there, there must have been a leak somewhere. So I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, it's the media. The media leaked it. You know, that's. Uh, I, I didn't want to make any presidential or any election comments, but I had to throw that oh. in there. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, but no, just had to go there. Yeah, temporarily. Temporarily, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> talk or divulge any any frustrations that we have. So we're gonna keep uh, the politics out of the show for this evening. But yeah, man, welcome to the uh, the Rip Griffin family, which is a uh, party of one, just me. Hey, man, you know what? I feel like I've actually been a part of this family for, what has it been, the past month, month and change? Almost two months, man. I, I've been coming yeah. on here since September. So, I mean, if if anything, I've kind of been a co-host for, <laughs> you know, the past month, month and a half. Yeah, no, so. it's... Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we figured, you know, what is yeah, have you come on full, you know, full time? You know, obviously, it's a uh, a non paying gig. I'm sorry, I apologize about that. <laughs> you know what, man? I don't even care. I actually, I, I love this. Uh, you know, coming on here with you talking, it's like we've never met in person, and it's just awesome at the fact that we've had that friendship because now that's what it is. It's not just like the fact that we have the passion for the same sport and you know things like that it's more of the fact that like we we talk outside of this we Absolutely. don't just we don't just like do the podcast and say pc later it's more like hey how you doing how's your family doing you know and, and, and things like that we get personal outside of here so it, it it's been a great friendship and i appreciate the fact that you have brought me on to the show and <laughs> I've learned so much between the Nest podcast, working with those guys. Uh, shout out to Brandon and Zach, and also working with you, man. I, I, I've been having fun. <laughs> well, that's awesome here, man. It's awesome. It, like I said, it's it's been great having you on. You know, and, and you know, we just might as well just you know, keep this going uh, every week. So. Uh, the conversation is always great. The the information that we both can can bounce off each other is great as well, you know. So yeah, you know, welcome to the to the show. You know, we definitely appreciate it. And you know, the Rip Griffin show is growing. You know, we're we're starting to kind of to kind of grow. You know, we've got Brad coming on here now as a co-host. You know, we're gonna start trying to get uh, some sponsorships. If anybody's watching or listening, that you know wants to throw a little little dime our way a little some money or something you know 
what, whatever the, the lingo is the, these days. I don't know. I, I'm out, out of tune with my slang. Keeping this thing, this ship running, man, it's like, it's, uh, you know, it costs a little bit. And, um, you know, if we can get there, we can get there. But sooner or later, we will. And uh, I can't wait, honestly. It's like we've got, we've got, we've got a couple of like things like in the works now. Mm -hmm. And, I'm like super, super excited um, for both of those. I'm not, I'm not going to divulge that information. (laughs) I'll let you do that because I am just too giddy about it. Um, So whatever you want to, bro. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll kind of divulge some, some upcoming guests that we have coming on the show towards the end of tonight's broadcast. So, be sure to tune in for that, you know, wherever you're listening to your to the podcast or if you're watching us, you know, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, the show is there. Be sure to check us out. Leave us comments, you know, subscribe, like, review. Let us know how we're doing. That way we can continue to improve and grow the show and and make it to uh, make it awesome for you guys. So with that said, definitely, definitely share it and uh, leave some comments, chat with us on a weekly basis. Uh, the show is being broadcasted live. You know, it's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's when it starts. So, you know, we always post the links and whatnot. So come join us. Join in, in the conversation. Um, troll us if you must. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Just do something. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, all right. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into tonight's episode, which is like I have it. It's the off season. It's completely underway. It's in full swing. Like I mentioned in the opening, we've got a lot of awards that are happening right now, and primarily we've got the most valuable player MVP. Uh, we've got uh, in the National League and in the American League. So first, let's talk about the MVP. There's a guy that we know, that you know personally, that was on your team at one point in time, that is now playing for a rival team cross-country and is up for the maybe the MVP of the National League. That is Mookie Betts. Do you know that guy? Have you ever heard of him? No? No. I think we're having a little bit of technical difficulty right now. Um, I think he said something about Mookie Betts. Yep, Mookie Betts. Yeah, he was okay. Uh, so it's, I, I don't know if it's on my end or your end, but you were cutting in and out um, okay. with the MVP with Mookie Betts and whatnot. I did, I did kind of catch that. Okay, I was just. Um, <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to ask if you had known that guy from a previous team. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Not not a Boston Red Sox. No, no. So, but anyways, Mookie Betts is up for the MVP of the National League. He just comes over from from Boston during the 2020 offseason and he's already making an impact. Obviously, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series in 2020, but now he's up for the National League MVP award, and. Rightfully so, because he's got some pretty good stats in a 60-game season. You know, batted 292 with 366, a 562 on base percentage. Hit 16 home runs, 10 solo bases. I mean, 
that's MVP candidate worthy in a short 60 game season. So I didn't actually check out the MVP candidates because I saw Mookie Betts name in there and I'm kind of sour. I'm kind of one of them sour grapes um, with that situation. Um, But where's Fernando Tatis Jr. in that conversation? He's not it. He's not uh, a, a finalist for the MVP. Jeez, man. But that's rigged. Yeah, but his teammate Manny Machado is. That's right. I did see that. I saw Manny Machado was in there. So I, I'm not a huge uh, Manny fan. But uh, who was the other one? I, I, I that would vaguely Freddie, remember. It was Freddie Freeman. Right. Freddie Freeman was uh, an absolute beast. He was. This year. And you know what? He con- he contracted COVID before the season started. Oh, before the season started. Okay, yeah. yeah. See, I knew that. I thought you were I, – I completely forgot about that. But, yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> he did the Justin Turner? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's – that still pisses me off that he did that. Uh, uh, it is what it is, man. No one's going to be able to – Change that. No, Major League Baseball still doing their investigation. It's Rob Manfred. He ain't doing shit. No, no, no. But uh, out of out of those three in the National League, we'll kind of run through these pretty quick. Who do you think is going to take the National League in the, for the most valuable player? In all honesty, so I'm going to give two two opinions on this. On all in all honesty, Mookie Betts is going to end up winning it. And the reason for that is because he's uh, he's more popular. Right. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but it's because of the fact that he became that instant star with the uh, L.A. Dodgers. He ended up coming in. He basically took on the leadership role, and he's that guy now. You know, I mean, like if you're paying me three hundred sixty-five million dollars, I'm gonna be the leader too. You know. But who do I think should win is Freddie Freeman. Um, yeah. Manny Machado being in that conversation is kind of like confusing to me. Like, was he really that good? Um, because I remember Manny Machado when he was with the Baltimore Orioles. And he was that um, smart mouth kid who, you know, he he was good. He, he had swagger. But. I'm just shocked that it's uh, Machado and not Tatis. Um, I know Tatis had a little bit of a, uh, uh, which we'll call it. He was a little slow or whatever. He had he had he he wasn't having good at bats um, during the like end of the season. But like in my opinion, I think Freddie Freeman should take it. But I think Mookie's going to end up with it. Oh, I agree. I think uh, Machado is kind of one of those. I think they just threw in there just because they needed a third, they, a, a third finalist. They had to have just thrown him in because uh, it, it, taking nothing from the guy, he's a good baseball player, but MVP uh, caliber, I, I don't see it. No, no. In my opinion, and I'm not taking anything away from Mookie Betts because he is a phenomenal player and, he's, and he is worth that contract. But I really think that Freddie Freeman is going to be the one that's going to, to win the MVP. I mean, he did hit 341, had 13 home runs, uh, 23 doubles, 53 RBIs, 
and he had a 1.02 OPS. So uh, I'm going to give it to to Freddie Freeman. It, it seems like both of us are going for Freeman on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think uh I think it's going to be Freeman. So We'll kind of leave that there for the National League, and then we then we'll move on to the American League MVP. I'm I'm just going to tell you right now, the American League MVP shouldn't be anybody but DJ LeMayu. Yeah, because uh, you've got Jose Abreu and Jose Ramirez. Who, I, I I understand Jose Ramirez, um, yeah. really good. You know, he had a great season and whatnot. Uh, definitely being a Red Sox fan, it's. It's easy to see that DJ LeMahieu had that impact with the New York Yankees in that entire roster. Um, he was the best batter on that team uh, between him and Luke Voigt. Uh, he was able to play pretty much any position uh, he needed to. He could play second. He could play first. He played third. You know, um, I just – I don't see – the only person I can see him having a difficult time getting past is probably Ramirez. But my personal opinion, just like we were talking about with about with Freeman, I think LeMahieu should have this one. Yeah, I think for me, it's going to be a toss-up between Jose Abreu and DJ LeMahieu. Both had very stellar numbers this season. We look at Abreu, who was leading the AL in hits with 76, but he had a slugging slugging percentage, excuse me, I can't talk tonight, of uh, .617. He also led the majors with 60 total bases, 148, excuse me, and 148 total bases. I can't read either. And hit 19 home runs, which is only second behind Luke Voigt, who hit 22. And then you've got LeMahieu, who he finished fourth in the AL MVP after the 2019 season, but, uh, you know, he had an average of 364 and paced all batters with on-base percentage of 421 and an OPS of 1.011. So you kind of similar numbers to Freddie Freeman in the, in the National League. So I can either flip a coin and pick one or the other, or I can just pick one. Well, just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> not even gonna try to twist my arm or anything huh you're just gonna just uh, just pick one okay no, well uh just pick one. i'm gonna go dj lemayhew i i kind of like the numbers that he posted similar to freeman like i said so i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh dj lemayhew is gonna be your al mvp so i agree so that, that's easy enough right there we're kind of both in agreement on the mvps so then we move on to the cyan in the American League, we've got Shane Bieber, Kenta Maeda. Stop there. Okay. You have to say that one more time. Shane Bieber. Stop there. <laughs> no surprise. Seriously, look at look at all of his stats compared to yeah. Kenta Maeda and Rajin Ryu. I, I, I seriously think that they were like, you know what? It's going to be Shane Bieber, so we're going to put these other two guys that were decent in there, too. <laughs> okay. So and then, 
<laughs> and the and the National League, you have between uh, I forgot who the third one was. It was Hugh Darvish, Trevor uh, Tre- Trevor Bauer, and it was Jacob Degrom. Yes. You throw Degrom in there, you're like breaking my heart because I want the Mets to have that that Cy Young. Oh, that that Cy Young. Mm-hmm. But you got Trevor Bauer, and uh, if he doesn't win, it's a it's a damn shame. It really is. It really is. After he went in 2019, when he was after he was traded to the Reds, he went two and five and had a 6.39 ERA, and that was in ten starts with Cincinnati. See, and then now everybody's like, "Oh, we need to throw thirty something million dollars at this guy, Trevor Bauer." Don't get me wrong, I love Bauer. I absolutely love everything that he does to get attention to his social media, except there's some things out there that he does that I'm just like, yeah, you might want to cut that out. But like he, he gets attention on his social media. He gets attention towards his, uh, his video uh, momentum and stuff like that. And he does that by interacting with the fans. Right. But he's I don't really know how to say it like properly or politically or whatever politically correct or whatnot he's not this was kind of like an eh season it was like all right so he pitched like 10 or 10 or 11 games and he had a he had an ERA under two that's great what is he gonna do with 162 games and he's got to pitch like 40 games, 50 games, you know, is he going to be worth it? $30 million a year? No. It's going to be hard. It really is. And he's one that won't take long-term deals. He'll take a one, a one-year contract. That's not true. That's not true. I've, I just recently read, uh, and it was on an MLB site that he is willing to accept any and all offers. And that means multi-year contracts. Really? Yes. Interesting. I'll have to send you the link. Yeah. uh, I would like to check that out because a lot of what I've seen and what I've heard is he'll take a one-year deal. Basically because that's, that's exactly what he was supposed to be doing. He said that before. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll kind of dive into the qualifying offers, and you know, you know, Trevor Bauer is on that list. So we'll kind of dive into that a little bit. But let's look at the other two finalists. You got you Darvish and Jacob Degrom, who I think he, yeah, he won the Cy Young last year in 2019. Degrom's won the Cy Young the past two years in a row. Okay, so he's okay. So he's looking for his third consecutive. Okay, then you've got yeah. right-hander Yu Darvish, who was coming off a, a, a struggle in 2019, but this season he just dominated. I mean, he went uh, down for a stretch there that he was seven and zero with a .98 ERA. That was from July 31st through September 4th. So he he was dominant at the beginning 
of the season, he kind of tapered off and kind of went into a slump towards the end. But still, I mean, you Darvish is kind of getting back on track to where he was when he was with the Texas Rangers in the earlier part of his career. You know, I kind of make, make that point there. But uh, I think the National League is going to have a unanimous vote in the finalists. And I think it's going to be Trevor Bauer. I don't know about you. I think that that's the way it's going to end up going. Um, it's unfortunate because I, I've said this before. Um, I'm a big DeGrom fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've ever since he won that first Cy Young award, uh, I started following him more frequently uh, in 2019. And it's just, man, does it suck that he's on such a shit team? Right. Um, I, I do have to like, I have a lot of, a lot of uh, thoughts about the Mets um, and what's to come with them. And we will jump into that later, but for like the past, you know, couple years, it's just literally been like the Mets being the Mets. It was the Wilpons not spending the money and it <laughs> <laughs> the the management was just garbage. Oh. So, yeah, I tried to find the new owner Steve Cohen on Twitter, but I couldn't find him because I was on reach. Really? Yeah, he, he's I, he's on there. Either that, or I just that there was maybe. a there was a big thing on the other day. Uh, KFC from Barstool was like, "Oh, do you really think that this guy is Steve Cohen?" It was it was. And then like a day later, I was reading through the athletic and they were like, yeah, this is Steve Cohen. That's the Steve Cohen. Yeah. Cause I heard the same thing that he was interacting with his fan base via Twitter. And I wasn't trying to get on there to get him to have be a guest on the show, but I, I either, I wasn't, didn't find the right one or maybe he took it down. I don't know, but I was trying to see Cause that would be awesome to have him come and, and share his story of his, of the, the purchase of the Mets, you know, being a fan as well, you know, so maybe get some insight as to what he wants to do for the, with the team. So, but, uh, it's, my, it's, it's uh, <laughs> it's Steve, a Cohen two. Okay. We just gave out his Twitter handle alive. <laughs> That's okay though. That's yeah, okay. dude, He's got 48,000 people on uh, following him right now. And it's, <laughs> And if you think I'm the only person who's given out his, uh, <laughs> his Twitter here, <clears throat> before, okay, and I'll just, that. I'll just tell you, uh, I anticipate closing the deal in the next 10 days and then it's off and running. I would love to hear your ideas to make your Mets experience better. I, you tell me, man, if you want to just jump right into the Steve Cohen ownership thing, we can start doing that. <laughs> I mean, uh, did did you want to talk about the rest of the finalists? Do you want to jump into Steve Cohen? Because I, I actually did not have that on to talk about on for the show tonight. And, but hey, you know, it, it's it's a live show. I I think that it's definitely something that's worth talking about. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about the Gold Gloves or? Uh, let, let's go. 
let's real quick let, let's just mention the finalists for each of the awards real quick and then we'll jump into steve cohen how does that sound go ahead okay go ahead so in the national league we've got the rookie of the year you've got the finest you got alex brom jake cronworth and devin williams uh for the american league you've got christian javier kyle lewis and lewis roberts uh, javier he's a pitcher for the astros that i follow great pitcher you know definitely stepped in after losing garrett cole so good to see him in that list of finalists for the american league rookie of the year now real quick the manager of the year for the american league you've got kevin cash charlie montayo and rick renteria <laughs> what This is this is what I wanted to get to. I wanted I wanted to get to this right here because this is very fascinating. You have a manager. What is, I I read that and I was like, I gotta double read this. So I double read that and then I triple read that and I was like, this is going to be awkward. So we we all know Kevin Cash, the man. Ha, ha, they 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 literally <laughs> just fired this dude, and he's gonna win. He, he he has the possibility of winning Manager of the Year. Like, <laughs> so okay. So let and me- then they turn around, and then they hire some seventy six year old jackass who hasn't managed to. T- sorry. Tony LaRusso isn't just some 76-year-old jackass, but this guy hasn't managed a team in freaking nine years. He's been, like, in the Hall of Fame for six years. Typically, when you're in the Hall of Fame, you're retired. You're You're done. done. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, done completely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I. I don't know if you saw my tweet about this, but I was like, this is going to be awkward if Rick Renteria ends up winning. Like, I think Kevin Cash is going to win, but I really, really, really want Rick Renteria to win. That would be the ultimate, you know, F you to the Chicago White Sox. Big time. I mean, you fire me, but yet I end up winning manager of the year. That's just... That to me, that's like you know what I'm when I'm I'm walking out with my head held high. Uh, you know, you can kiss my ass. And see you later. There's literally it, it, even the fact that he was uh, he's one of the finalists for manager of the year. That's basically like a fuck you to the Chicago White Sox. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, getting them back to the to the postseason. Since, uh, was it uh, 2008? I mean, yeah, the White Sox, I think they, if he wins, they, they royally screwed up. And I think, well, I, both in you and I both agree that they made the wrong decision. But that ownership literally just made like the dumbest decision and oh. hiring Tony LaRusso. Absolutely. You know, Kenny wrote in here because, you know, at least. You know, he won't have a hard time looking for a new job, and that's especially if he wins the the manager of the year. I completely agree 100%. Thanks, Kenny. 
Well, uh, he won't have a hard time finding a new job, but there's no positions available right now. There's still one. That's not available. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, but anyways, like you said, that would be the ultimate slap in the face of the Chicago White Sox. If he wins, you know what? I'm going to, I want him to win. I'm going to put him down. Yeah. I think he's going to win. I think Kevin Cash is going to win. And the only reason why I think Cash is going to win is the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays ended up making it to the World Series on a $72 million payroll. And he, I mean, I think he should win manager of the year and MVP for the National League. Um, because uh, pulling Blake Stella. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, give him a ring at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Zach wrote in, "What if they win a World Series with Tony?" Well, it's not going to happen because Tony is the. That clubhouse is going to be an absolute disaster next year. And the reason for it is because Tony LaRusso has already stated that he's not for uh, like Tatis hitting, uh, swinging on three and oh. And Tim Anderson was like, the only thing that Tatis did wrong was apologize for swinging on three and oh. Oh, absolutely. And you, you, you got his freaking manager saying, well, that's not sportsmanship. It's like, dude, you're out of touch. You're 76 year old. You're 76 years old. Shut up. Yeah, the game has changed so much since he was last on the field. You know, the the analytics is one of the, the big key factors in in this game that we that we call baseball now. And he's so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna call it old school. I mean, he really is. I mean, yes, he has a way of using a bullpen. I think he's kind of one of the early they were talking something about on the radio about he was kind of one of the early inventors of the modern bullpen, you know, how he used his bullpen. But other than that, I mean, he's been out of the game. He's been in the front office with various organizations, but I, I have to agree. I think he's going to be out of touch with the players, their mentalities, their, you know, whatever you want to call it, their celebrations, bat flips, you know, that's all part of the game now. I'm sorry. It's it's here. It's going to stay. No, Nothing's going to change. So he's either going to have to adjust or, like you said, that clubhouse is going to be in such disarray that there's going to be no trying to save it. I'm calling it right now that Tim Anderson is going to call for, like, being traded um, within the next season, by the end of next season. That's a good prediction. That's good because because I don't see him and Tony Larusa being able to like coexist together, especially if Larusa is going to have comments like that. Yeah, it's kind of something you don't want to say when you're trying to win over a clubhouse, which is essentially what he's going to have to do. And like I said, no dis no discredit because he is a World Series manager and has three World Series rings, so he does have yep. that that. You know, on his resume, but it's the way the game has changed so much in the last nine years, ten years that he's been out of the playing field and you know and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how he manages 
this clubhouse and this pitching rotation and these young guys that are full of spark and you know they're electric and they like to celebrate bat flip you know you know do whatever probably you know jam some some good r&b rap music in the clubhouse you you know never know <laughs> you really think a 76 year old guy is gonna want to hear a thump thump in the freaking clubhouse <laughs> he's uh, gonna want to hear like some some neil diamond or something like that you know like come on Oh, uh, wait until they start 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 like playing like hispanic music in the clubhouse <laughs> uh, it's i i, uh, I don't see larusa lasting in chicago uh, now 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 don't get me wrong i'm not discrediting uh, larusa for what he's done in the past what i am stating is, is what Basically, from what he did in his interview, everything he did in his interview was wrong. Absolutely, 100%. There is nothing wrong with Frank Sinatra, Kenny. Nope, nope. New York, New York. Why why we got to go there? The song, New York, New York. Uh, Yeah, yeah, there's there's other songs. But that was the first one that came to my mind. (sighs) Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> gotta give you shit man so uh, uh, but, now, okay. now we're, we're 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 both pulling for rick renteria um yeah. is that like who you're actually expecting to win or do you yeah. have someone else in mind no, all right so i, I have kept I, I want him to win I, I want rick renteria to win but kevin cash is going to end up winning because he brought his team to the world series true yeah no, it's fair enough. I mean, it, it's it's uh, you know, I just want Rick Rick, Rick, Rick Renteria to win. So, but anyways, let's jump to the National League because your idol Don Manley is up for Manager of the Year in the National League. Dude, I am like so excited because <laughs> he has had <laughs> such a shit team for like the entire time he's been there, and then. Finally, he does something with this team and he's getting recognition. That entire, like the front office, Derek Jeter, Mattingly, you know, all those people, and the, the players. Oh my God. Those players received, you know, ended up getting COVID. They were like the first team to have that serious COVID uh, outbreak. And, you know, it came down to like they went out or whatever it's neither here nor there uh, i don't know exactly what happened but they made it to the playoffs they were like the biggest surprise mm-hmm. of the entire season oh absolutely well, i agree 100 percent. to go from where they were a year ago that lost 105 games to going 31 and 29 in a 60 game season and making their first postseason since the 2003 World Series. That's pretty phenomenal. You know, Ed, give credit to Don Mattingly and managing this team and getting these guys into a position to where they can at least get a taste of the postseason because now they have something to look forward to going into this offseason and preparing for the 2021 season. You know, I see this team getting back to the postseason next year 
I think they've got a lot of young guys. Your uh, your boy Isan Diaz should be back, you know, in the lineup. So uh, I think you know, yeah, like Kenny, I completely agree. You know, they they were the most fun team to watch. You know, besides the Padres, but they were a lot of fun. It was a great group of young guys that just went out and played baseball and had fun doing it. And, you know, not to give anything away from, you know, the other two finalists, Cody Ross and uh, I forgot the other guy's name, Jace Tingler. But I think Don Manley is going to run away with Cody Ross. Yeah, but David Ross. David Ross. Okay, I was about to say, like, it was wasn't. I don't know why I said Cody. And I even, I even, <laughs> I even have it written down. <laughs> you know, in all honesty, the only one I knew of was Donnie, and that's the only one I cared about. So, <laughs> but as soon as you said Ross, I was like, were we just talking about managers? Who's Cody Ross, the manager of? Where did I? I don't know where I came up with Cody Ross. I'm pretty sure he was a, a he used to be a player. Because David Ross used to be a player as well. Yeah, he was a catcher for the Cubs and the Red Sox. Are they are they brothers? I don't think so. Oh, okay. oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you mean what's going to happen after the COVID season? It's an off season right now. <laughs> but after COVID season, there's a lot of talks about the financial situation. Right. Um, there's a lot of teams right now cutting back on pay. That's the reason why there's a lot of uh, options that were not picked up. Um, oh, if he do what he couldn't do yeah, was, with Dodgers. That, was that wrote that in. Kenny, I think that Donnie has the possibility of doing what he couldn't do with the Dodgers, which is extremely weird to me that I, I that the Dodgers only had three managers who have won the world series. And those uh, two of them, wasn't one Lasorda. Yes. Uh, I, I think we talked about this before it was back in like the fifties or whatever, like right after they moved to LA, the manager. Yeah. But um... it's, it's hard to believe that David Ross, uh, David Ross, uh, David Roberts, uh, or Dave Roberts, whatever, is uh, is only the third manager to win with the uh, Dodgers, seeming as though they had uh, Tory and Mattingly. Right. So that that was strange too. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see who was. But was yes, a- to to answer your question, Kenny, I do believe that Donnie has the chance to. Uh, to do with the Marlins what he never did with the Dodgers. And that's because he has a front office working with him now, very similar to what the uh, Tampa Bay Rays had uh, for front office. And if, if I can um, for a moment, the front office for the Tampa Bay Rays has actually been kind of split off. You have, um, one guy who went to your team, the Houston Astros, and then you have another guy from the Tampa Bay Rays organization who went to the team that I root for, the Boston Red Sox. So 
I think the whole analytical uh, thing that happened in Tampa Bay, that money ball thing that they were, they're basically stealing from Billy Bean. I believe that all of that's going to be like flowing kind of like, like through the veins of, uh, of, of major league baseball. And you're going to have more people with more knowledge. Cause if you notice, like when the Tampa Bay Rays brought back the, the opener uh, for baseball, you had more teams doing the whole opener. Right. So and Tampa Bay Rays were also one of those teams that brought in the shift, you know, the, the, the hardcore shift, you know? So I think that something's going to end up happening with the Marlins and they're going to end up being a good team. Um, it sucks that they ended up letting people like Stanton, um, Yelly and Riamuto they traded those guys, but you know, something's bound to happen good for Miami. Oh, I agree. Oh, that was the wrong one there, Cooter. Uh, yeah, I agree. Analytics is all over the sport, uh, and it, not just in baseball. It's in it's in all sports, but uh, analytics is taking over. But uh, we spent quite a bit of time talking about you know the awards and whatnot. So I want to kind of, do you want to go over the gold glove winners or do you want to, you want to just like, you want to just like run through it real quick. Yeah. So going over the gold glove, gold glove winners, I'm getting tongue tied here. Uh, in the American league, first base was Evan white from the Seattle Mariners. Second base was Cesar Hernandez from the Cleveland Indians. This one, I don't agree with JP Crawford shortstop for the Seattle Mariners. I think it should have been Carlos Correa. Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) Uh, Third base was uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falifa from the Rangers. Uh, Left field is Alex Gordon from the the Kansas City Royals. It's good for him to win a gold glove on his way out into retirement. Center field was Luis Roberts from the Chicago White Sox. Right field was Joey Gallo from Texas Rangers. Catcher, I don't agree with this one either. It was Roberto Perez from the Cleveland Indians. Should have been Martin Maldonado. And pitching a pitcher, it was Griffin Channing from the Los Angeles Angels. So those are your American League Gold Glove winners. And quickly, All right, and I'll go through the I'll okay, go, go through the National League here. All right, first base we have Anthony Rizzo, uh, which I definitely agree with. Colton Wong at second base, which I think is absolutely hilarious, seeming as though they didn't pick up his option. Uh, Javier Baez for shortstops for the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we've got Nolan Arenado for third base, which is this is his eighth consecutive. Uh, then you have left fielder Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals. Zach, if you're listening, uh, center or center field, you have Trent Grisham, San Diego. Uh, right field, I don't know this guy. Uh, no, never heard of him. Uh, oh, you know what? They they didn't give an award out for the right field. No, I'm joking. They gave out the. <laughs> They gave it out for Marcus Betts. I'm no longer calling him Mookie. Uh, Marcus Betts has received the gold glove for the fifth consecutive uh, year in a row uh, for right field. Uh, Catcher, Tucker Barnhart for the Cincinnati Reds. And then for a pitcher, which I absolutely, 
I love the fact that I, I forgot that they gave out go gloves to uh, pitchers. Mm-hmm. And when I saw this name, I was like, wow, I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> Max Freed of the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's good for him to get that gold glove. You know, they give out silver slugger awards to pitchers as well. Well, they did not this season though, since they did a full DH, but Hey, did you know that uh, they are, where is it? I, I was just talking about this. Ah, yes. So I was reading on the score.com that the MLB is willing to keep the universal designated hitter if players agree to expanded playoffs. So there's a trade-off there. The National League would get the DH, but the expanded playoff stays. Like, how do you feel about that? You know, I was listening to something the other day about the expanded playoffs. And I'm all for the universal DH. I think it's perfect. I think it gives guys like J.D. Martinez, for example, for the Red Sox, that is more suited for that DH role and not so much in the field anymore. Like now, Ozuna? And Ozuna as well. Marcelo Ozuna is another prime example. So you take these two guys. Now, if there was no universal DH, say for <clears throat> J.D. Martinez, for example, he would only be limited to just 14 other teams in the American League. Now, if you expand it between both leagues, now he has more options. Well, well, I was not counting the Red Sox since he was already on that team. Okay. 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 Sorry. Fair enough. But but, uh, if you expand the DH into both leagues, now he has more options. Now he has 29 other teams that he can go out and, and explore to try to help better himself, to make more money, whatever it is that he wants to do, or change the scenery, whatever. Or, you know, open up the spot for DH so that the Red Sox could have gone for Marcelo Zuna. Just saying. <laughs> but either way, it gives it, it gives guys that are in the lineup specifically for that DH, but it gives them a better opportunity to go out and try to get a better deal for themselves. Or if they want to, move closer to home and there's the the team that's that's close to their home is in the national league whatever it the problem the problem with this year with jd martinez is he absolutely sucked and nobody was going to give him more than 38 million dollars um for a two-year contract there's no way he was getting that from anybody else even if the dh was being implemented into the national league right no i mean yeah i don't know this is, you know, COVID season. It's kind of like, but either way, I mean, I think the universal DH is better. Plus, you don't take you know, that risk of getting your pitchers injured when they're trying to to bat. Uh, so uh, it takes a little bit of stress off of them. That way, you might be able to whatever you want to do. You know, as far as you know, your analytics of the game or your strategy or whatever. You know, you can still have your pitcher go. And not be so drained from having to go from an at bat to then going out to having to pitch, you know. But that's just my point of view on on the the DH. So you're you're not for the are you for the DH? No, I'm for it. 
Okay. So here's my, here's my, my, my thing, my point of view on this. I miss pitchers hitting because you had people like Madison Bumgarner who would go up there and launch a fucking ball. Right. Um, but then like you come in and you get people like Marcelo Zuna, who is playing for the uh, a national league team and he's launching balls and he's launching more balls and he's launching them further. And he's, you know, doing his little camera angle, you know, selfie thing. So like, Old school me, I I, I kind of want to see the pictures, but right. you know, with it being new school, nah, I'm all set. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, that's kind of my take. And then to go back to your second, you know, part of your question was the expanded playoffs. Now I heard something the other day that the only way the expanded playoffs would work would be if to if the league expanded and added two more teams. You know, I was I was reading about this and it's I I can see one more team coming in and that's in Nashville. Yeah. Um but I don't know where else, like where else would they put another team? Montreal. Yeah, but you've got Tampa talking about going to Montreal. I don't think that's going to happen, to be quite honest. I don't know, man. Even if it, like, I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's like, I Tampa's in a dump in St. Pete's. Um, their fans aren't really like showing up and whatnot. I, I Montreal sounds great for a team like Tampa, but like even even if I I think there definitely needs to be more teams in Canada. Um, oh, yeah. Other than that, I I don't know. It's interesting. The, uh, talk. Uh, Kenny just posted. Uh, what about keeping the player on second base for the extra innings for the future? If they do that, they're going to ruin baseball. Um, okay. The only way, like I think they should do that. It's like, okay, you get in the tenth inning. All right, that should be regular. You know, whatever. Eleventh inning. Once you start getting into like the twelfth inning, all right, throw in that second base runner. But yeah. I don't think like tenth inning. You should. It, it's basically like, all right, we want this game to get get the fuck over. We all want to go home. Let's, yeah. you know, put a guy in second now, so that we have more of a chance. You know, all you got to really do is like lay down two bunts. Yeah, you lay down a bunt. You you get a sack fly and a score runs. Right. No, I I agree. I think. The, the second, the runner on second, <laughs> like you mentioned, if it's after the 12th or something, that's, I think that's a great idea. But, you know, from the meantime, keep it as, keep it normal. Don't send out a runner after, you know, in the 10th. 
the first time I saw that this year, it was with um, the Angels. I forgot who they were playing, but uh, a Shohei Otani, uh, he he came in and they were like, oh, dude, you got to go on second. And he's like, wait, me? Me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was the last batter. Like, right. even the players were confused. Yeah. And a lot of times it didn't work. The games were actually over no. four hours long. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think, you know, Universal DH, uh, you know, possible playoff expansion is something to consider going into. I like uh, the playoff expansion. Uh, it, it just meant more baseball. Yeah. Now, I'm not I'm not all for the the format that they had with, you know, five games in a row or seven games in a row. No, absolutely I think, not. I, I think, think that. I think it was garbage that teams had to play. Like you had guys playing like five, five days in a row without a day off, you know, four or five days in a row. You know, the only time in the playoffs that people actually had time off was in the world series. Yeah. That that's like, I get it. They're all playing. They're playing in the exact same spot. And, and the other thing, and here's another thing uh, before we get into the new hires and whatnot. Um, the other thing that really irks my, uh, my gears. Shit. I was going on a roll there and I thought I'd had something and I just <laughs> lost it. I had like 15 things going on in my brain and I was just like, Oh, fuck you, Rob Manfred. Right. <laughs> Uh, the playoffs expansion is a fan's guilty pleasure. Lance, Cooter. I, I, I agree, Cooter. 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 But anyways, continue on with your thought. I, I forgot where I was going, so. Okay, so. I, I had like 15 thoughts in my head and I lost <laughs> them all. So we spent a lot of time on the awards, the managers, rookie of the year, Cy Young, all that good stuff. Uh you know, we did talk a little bit about the manager hires for you know Rick Ritteria leaving, and they brought in Tony Larusa. Larusa. So I want to dive into real quick here, and then we'll kind of jump into the qualifying offers for the players. We're kind of yeah, a little bit longer than normal, but it's okay. But uh, Alex Cora, he still has yet to be hired. Oh man, I thought we were going to talk about Hench first. Jesus. <laughs> no, no. We're going to talk about Core because Core has yet to be hired. And I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on this. So, I'm actually kind of disappointed in the fact that there hasn't been a manager um, picked for the Red Sox. I know that there's a group that I'm a moderator to, and it's called Red Sox Nation. There's like 50 Red Sox Nations on Facebook. But um, <laughs> I, the group that I'm in, we have about 10,000 10, um, people in there. And I really feel like it's 50-50 on how the fans feel about Alex Cora coming back to Boston. There's a lot of people that are extremely um, excited. They want him back. And they're like, oh, they won't win without him. Um, it's true that he had that connection with the players, uh, like Rafi Devers, 
um, Eduardo Rodriguez, Xander Bogarts, Christian Vasquez, players like that. But then you have the people that are sitting there saying that he mismanaged the team in 2019, uh, the pitching staff. He ended up uh, basically having them separated because of the White House visit. Um, I'm not going to talk any more about that. But like, in my opinion, 2019, the pitching situation, it was basically it worked in 2018. Why not try it in 2019? So I have been a huge advocate um, for Alex Cora coming back to the Boston Red Sox. But I was hoping secretly, and I will divulge this, I was hoping that they were going to actually hire Carlos Mendoza. Ooh who is the bench coach for the New York Yankees. And there are numerous reasons why I would, I want them to, I wanted them to hire Carlos Mendoza and it has to do. One of them definitely has to do with the fact that he's been within the New York Yankees organization. The problem is, is the Houston Astro scandal. It's the backlash. It's the bad PR and whatnot that goes with it. Other than that, there isn't really it, – it's not up to me. It's up to Heim Bloom, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But it, it also shows the fans that the ownership isn't actually letting Heim do his job. And I believe that if Alex Cord does get hired, that's going to be the outlook. It's like he's just a puppet, basically. Um, but, but I don't know. But back to Carlos Mendoza, I think that – he would have been a good hire one because he, he was a manager within the minor system for the New York Yankees. He helped, he helped guys like Aaron judge, uh, Sanchez, Andujar, kids like uh, Frazier and, and things like that. He helped them become the players that they became. Right. He also knows the Yankees organization. So then the, the Yankees would basically have to change their entire game plan. So it's basically infiltrating within. Yeah. But and, and another thing that I've kind of like thought about, and, and it's kind of silly to even think, is that um, it's be, it's basically between Alex Cora and Sam Fold, and Sam Fold has ties with uh, Heim Bloom, and. <clears throat> Think about this for a second. Alex Cora back as the bench coach, Sam Fold as the manager. Do you think Alex Cora would take that type of role? He doesn't really have an option. Interesting. I I mean, imagine that. Like, all right, you're going to be the bench coach. Like, I don't think that that's going to happen. It's either going to be Alex Cora as the manager. Or Sam Fold's the manager, not one or the other, or not both. But like, just think about it. Like, all right, dude, you did this last. You did this in 2017. We're not really going to forgive you, but we really do want you back. You know, doing things with the Red Sox because you had that close relationship with the players. So it'll basically it'll be like a a kind of win win. Yeah. 
it's interesting. I would, I guess when you look at it in kind of retrospect now, that if Alex Cora does come back, he's going to have to take basically any type of role that he can get and kind of establish himself again. If he comes back as the manager for the Boston Red Sox, he's going to eat a lot of shit. And so is an AJ Hench. But the problem, the difference between that is AJ Hench is in a small market area, whereas uh, Alex Cora is with the Red Sox. And that's a huge market. So he's going to eat a ton of shit. Right. So let me ask you this real quick before we kind of move on to the qualifying offers for the players. If Red Sox ownership hires back Alex Cora, do you think that's going to put a, I guess, bind on Bloom onto whether or not he sticks with the organization or resigns or anything like that? You still there? I'm still here. You broke out. Okay. So, okay. So. I heard if the Red Sox ownership decided to go with Alex Cora, would that put a bind on Heim Bloom? Yeah. Do you think, do you think Heim Bloom wants to try to bring in his own person? And if he's not able. go, Go ahead. I'm sorry. And if he's not able to do so, do you think maybe he might resign? I don't see him resigning um, because I don't. Uh, the only other position that's available right now that he he could take on um, with the same role would be the L, uh, the Angels GM. But um, I think this is actually his decision because I believe if it wasn't his decision. Alex Cora would have been manager by now. Right. And it would have, it would have been done. It would have been next. It would have been, everybody would have said it. But the problem is, is that this is going to put a burden on the fans and the, you know, like I, I, like I said, I'm in a group of called Red Sox nation and the people in there are 50, 50. There's people in there that are saying if they hire Cora back, they'll never watch a Red Sox game again. Granted, wow. my my position on that is well, then you you were never a fan. Yeah. The problem is, and 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 what I seen other people use towards them is is that the people that are against Alex Cora coming uh, coming back as the manager because of what he did in 2017 are the exact same people who want George Springer in Boston. Yeah. Uh, it's hard, especially when you have a fan base that is so negative towards another fan base for something that, that they did, but they've got a really good player on that, on that, terrible fan base or whatever that horrible fan base or that horrible team. But yeah, if this player comes to the, to set new team, everybody's on board. Right. And that's what, and that's what frustrates me. It's, you know, if you're going to scoff and degrade or talk ill will about an organization that we all know that cheated, we, we, we understand that 
we we know it. But if you want that player that was on that cheating team to be on your team, then you're not a you're not a true fan. You're not. Uh, you just want the player to make. I don't know. It's just it's very frustrating because. Yep. Uh, I mean, you know, it happens. Another another example that I've used is that these people that are completely against cheating uh, for the Boston Red Sox are the same people that are saying that Bill Belichick never cheated. Right. You know, because you you usually if you're a te- if you're a fan of one team, you're usually a fan of the other sports teams. So Boston has the Patriots, the Bruins, the Celtics, and the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So there has been scandals with the uh, New England Patriots, and it's like, well, if you're going to be like okay with Bill Belichick doing what he's done since 2000, then why can't you look past this? You know, exactly. it just shut off. Exactly. I, that's what I, I don't understand about other fan bases. They're so critical about one, but yet they will be more than happy to take in a player that was on that fan base or on that, that team. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's a whole nother topic for another day. But so before we go on to the qualifying offer, and I know that we're like running super late right now, I just want to say before I came on here, I heard the news that Trey Mancini has been swinging a bat. Um, oh, I really? actually, I actually have my Twitter up right now, and a uh, friend of mine had just posted up a video of showing him swinging a bat, and it's just this is so awesome. If anybody knows what happened, Trey Mancini had to miss the 2020 season uh, due to, I, I don't remember what kind of cancer it was, but he, he ended up with cancer and he was in the hospital during this whole COVID situation and he ended up battling it and he's better. And now he's taking batting practice. I think it was colon cancer. I think it's what it was. Yes, you're right. It yeah. was colon cancer. So that's that's pretty phenomenal for him to be back, you know, got a bat in his hands, taking, you know, some swings and and most importantly, you know, beating cancer. That's the most important thing for him. I'm sure his family is ecstatic. I'm sure he's happy to kind of get back to some sort of baseball related activities, whether it's big or small, doesn't matter. He's, you know, thank you. uh, Thank you, Lance. Appreciate that. Much love. Back right back back at you live. But anyways, like I said, he's doing uh, phenomenal, phenomenal work. You know, just kind of getting back into baseball. And it's great to see. Hopefully we can see him back on the field in 2020. Or excuse me, 2021. See, it's 2020. It's everything's woo. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a shout out to you. Doing great, buddy. Doing great. Thanks, thanks, Cooter. So let's go ahead and jump into the qualifying offers real quick. Like I said, we kind of we we took a lot of time going over the the awards, which is fine. You know, um, you know a lot of great athletes, you know, much deserving of, of those awards. But let's jump into the qualifying offers real quick. So six players this season were offered the qualifying offer, which is the teams can offer these players, which is eighteen point nine million. They can either choose to accept it or they can decline it. Once they 
do either or, if they decline it, then whatever team they sign on with going into next season, that team that the player was previously on gets a compensation pick is what it's called. So six players. That's Trevor, if, that's that's if they sign before the trade deadline. Okay, so if the trade that the trade deadline is in July, the players have to sign before then, or the team doesn't get the compensation pick. Is that right? Right. If they if if, if at that time they aren't signed, they are not stuck with a, uh, the the trade uh, that that pick. Okay. So, which is, in my opinion, is bullshit because that means that players are you, you've got people on this list that are probably going to sit out until July. Yeah. I think given everything that's gone on this season, the financing isn't going to be there. And I think we're going to see pretty much all these players, maybe with the exception of one or two that might accept it. uh, Because you've got guys like Trevor Bauer, Kevin Gooseman, DJ LeMahieu, JT Rulamuto, George Springer, and Marcus Stroman. We already know that Trevor Bauer will decline his. He already has. Now, the other five we don't know. I have a feeling that George Springer is going to decline his as well. And they only have 10 days from when the offer was given to them. So that's coming up, I believe, this weekend. Um, you know, JT Rilamuto, we were kind of talking about that off air before we got onto the show tonight. Either he may stay because he likes Philadelphia or he may decline it and try to see if he can get an offer uh, maybe to the Mets and Steve Cohen. We don't know. Uh, I, I didn't know if that was leading into me talking about Cohen. Um, so <laughs> I definitely, I, I, I'm big, big on uh, uh, JT Riomuto going to the New York Mets. And the reason for that is because who else needs a catcher in New York? The Yankees. Yankees. <laughs> they want to. They really need to uh, dispose of Gary Sanchez and that that atrocity behind the plate. And the and he was just so bad this year. And they could go after him and yeah. give him give him the world if they wanted to. Or, you know, Uncle Stevie, who, you know, is like a bazillionaire who's who's been a New York Mets fan his entire life. He's looking to just go out and spend money all willy nilly like, oh, we're going to get freaking we're going to get hit with tax tax crap. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to sign this player. We're going to get JT Rio Muto. We're going to go ahead and sign someone like Trevor Bauer. You know, it's. People want to say stuff about the Mets. Once Steve Cohen has the ability to start writing those checks. I have a feeling. The Queens are going to be the new Kings. (laughs) I have to agree 100%. You know, just like Cooter said, 100%. I don't know about Trevor being a Yankee. 
Trevor will not be a Yankee. Uh, and there's numerous reasons for that. Uh, one of them being that the whole Cole situation, which I know yeah. it's been next and whatnot, but it's still there. It's a very, uh, it's a very big um, story. I don't, I, I also don't think that he's going to be a Met. I think what's going to end up happening and I've, I, I'm, I'm going to get shit for this because I got this. Um, I was thinking about it beforehand, but uh, Jared Carabas from Barstool actually put light to it. He's going to be looking for a team that is championship worthy. Okay. So New York Yankees are going to be a championship type team. Yes. But his best friend, Clevenger pitches for the San Diego Padres. So I tend to agree that there's that chance that he goes to the Padres because the Padres have that, that draft pick that they can just, yep, whatever. And they're willing to spend right now. That's interesting. Because I would not have pegged him to go to, to San Diego. Trevor Bauer is a weird guy. So, I mean, this is the guy that freaking threw a ball over the center field wall because he was getting pulled out. <laughs> you know, this is also the guy that put on a had had Joe Kelly um, cartoons drawn on his cleats. And he was going to wear them out, and it's going to say "Free Free Kelly" because of what happened between him and the Astros. So, I mean, he's a very he's a very weird guy. Nobody knows exactly what he's going to do, but I believe that the San Diego Padres is actually a very valid and like good a team that he could go to. Right. It'll be interesting to see where he signs because he's open to all thirty teams. Uh, he's just whoever can give him the best amount of money. And you know, I don't think the money has anything to do with it. I think it, I, I think he would probably want somewhere on the lines of $30 million. I think he's going to get about 25 to 27. Okay. Because if you look at the 30, 30 to 35, that's coal money. He's, Definitely not coal. No, no. I, coal money. One good season in a 60-game season, nonetheless. You know, it'll get you some looks. It'll get you some interest. But, yeah, it kind of depends, you know, honestly. Um, you know, it's Trevor Bauer, so we never know what's going to come about or what he's going to, to do. So, uh, 30, 32 mil, I don't know. It's possible. It's possible. But, uh, you know, the one other player that was offered, a qualifying offer, was George Springer. I know he's going to turn that down. I mean, because, you know, uh, I'm surprised the Astros didn't offer Michael Brantley the qualifying offer. But I think given at his age, you can probably get him for less. Uh, George Springer, he's gonna, you know, require some some money because he's making, 
he was supposed to make 21 million this year, but given it was a COVID season, I think he made 7 million. But he's going to look to get between, I would say, between 20, I'd say about 25 million is where he's going to be kind of in that ballpark. And of course, I'm I'm thinking he's going to get probably about you know four years, 120 million is probably what he's going to be looking for. Um, and the Astros can't give it because they don't have a whole lot of money to spend this offseason, unfortunately. But uh, I see, you know, Springer going to Steve Cohen and the Mets. So. Springer has gone on the book saying that he wants to be closer home. Uh, he right. is actually his home is about 40 minutes away from where I live. Uh, not even, I think it's actually like 25. So he lives in New Britain or he's from New Britain, Connecticut. Right. So there's a lot of rumors. The Red Sox need a center fielder right now. And there's a lot of rumors that Springer could be heading out to Boston. Uh, me personally, I don't want Springer. Uh, the reason for that is because we have a young upcoming, uh, outfielder, uh, Jaron Duran, who I think uh, Springer would end up blocking. So there's that. Uh, going to Steve Cohen, I believe that that would be the perfect fit. But um, I see, I'm gonna like kind of actually think outside the box here and say that Springer is going to accept the 18, um, 18.9 million. And the only reason for that is the fact that he's, he's familiar with the, uh, with, with Houston. He doesn't know what he's going to end up getting um, right now uh, because of the, uh, because of the COVID situation. Um, he's probably not going to, people aren't going to be opening up the wallet. Uh, the only teams that are going to open up the wallet this year are really going to be the Mets and uh, possibly the Red Sox because of their merger. But I think in his best interest, he should accept that qualifying offer. And that's because, like I said, I don't think he's going to make an average um, over that. Okay. I did not see that one coming. But I like yeah, it I, I I was think I was thinking about it, and I've been thinking about it, and like trying to trying to come up with the reason why uh, he shouldn't be coming to the Red Sox or the Mets. Uh, I I know he wants to be home. I know he wants to be closer to his family, and I mean he's already been there for how many years? One more year isn't going to kill him, and if he's there for that one more year, he's guaranteed that eighteen point nine million dollars. And then the following year, he can hit free agency and not have any price tag, like anything attached to him. So no draft pick compensation or anything like that. I guess one of the things to consider is the fact that we don't know for sure if we're going to have a normal 162 game season. Right. And also because of the fact that, you know, the financial losses that happened in 2020, you know, you don't know what the market's going to be. And that's why people like Marcus Betts ended up signing with the Dodgers for 12, 12 years or signing that extension. Right. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see 
how this offseason shakes up, especially with all these signings, of course, the uncertainty that is COVID. And of course, we all know it is here to stay. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. So that kind of plays with the finances of the offseason. Of course, we know that there's going to be no winter meetings this year, uh, at least not in person, I think virtually. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, a one-year deal at $18.9 million, you know, he, he can take it and see what happens in 2022. Well, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, if, if he takes the offer, he'll, he'll actually end up benefiting from it from in 2022, because if we do end up having a regular 162 game season and this COVID garbage ends up, you know, um, getting a vaccine or whatever, then we could get fans back into the seats. I mean, I know over in the KBO and the Chinese Professional Baseball League, they have uh, they have fans out in their uh, stadiums. So it, it's hopeful. And yeah. 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 So it, it is, it's still going to be interesting to see what this offseason entails because Lots of that will go on. Lots of that will take place. You know, hopefully we can have, you know, a, a full season going into 2021. Uh, we, well, hopefully we can have fans so we can be able to go to the games and and do all that fun stuff that we like to do. So, but man, we kind of went over a little bit on time here, but uh, we always do. <laughs> I think yeah. in the uh, like ten or ten times that I've been on here or whatever, I think we've been under an hour once. Yeah, yeah. So we definitely. So. That's okay. Like I said, we we spent a lot of time on the awards and whatnot, and of course the the new hires. And I'm glad we got to the qualifying offers. So, but uh, you got anything else you want to add to the show for tonight? Uh, I just know that next week I have a big announcement that I want to. Um, announce, um, and I hope that people join us for that announcement. Jeez, I, I, I don't think I could have said that anymore. <laughs> uh, that work one word more, but yes, I have an announcement next week. I have to do a few things before I make it uh, official. Um, definitely tune in uh, next Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, and please make sure to follow me on Twitter at BRSBaseball83. And check out my blog work. Uh, it is thenestpodcast.wordpress.com. And go ahead and check out my boy Kuda Green and his uh, his stuff. <laughs> you can catch him on Twitter. I think it's uh, El Verde 15. If you're still watching it, if you can correct me while I'm wrong, if I'm right or wrong, I think it's El Verde Green. Give him a shout out. Check out his podcast. Lots of good guests he's had on there. But uh, speaking of guests, for next week, we have a possible guest. It's not confirmed yet. But 
It, it I'm depends. super excited about this. <laughs> so uh, next week, possibly we might have uh, <laughs> Stephanie Stradley. She is an attorney in Houston, but has great insight to the letter that needs to be unsealed about the New York Yankees. And it has to be opened and unsealed by December 4th. <laughs> so hopefully we can get Stephanie on the show so she can give us that insight. She can, we'll probably might roast the Yankees as well, but you'll want to if tune she, into that. Be sure to, if she doesn't roast them, I will, <laughs> but be sure to, to, to check out the uh, Twitter and Facebook, you know, uh, hopefully we can confirm this next week and we can get her on the show to get her, her insights. It's going to be fascinating. I'm looking forward to it whenever we can get her on, but stay tuned for that. And other than that, man, uh, it's been a great show this evening. Yeah. My first show is your co-host officially, I guess. <laughs> Boom. So, Boom. So, hey, everybody, pay attention to the ending of this because it's not just a bye. It's going to be a nice little outro. If it works properly. So hopefully I don't make me look like an asshole now. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can catch the show on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, whether you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube or Facebook. Uh, Be sure to tune in next week. We got lots of good things going on during the week. Stay tuned for the social media. Check out my buddy Brad at his uh, Twitter at BRS83 on Twitter, his blog from the Nest podcast. I just threw my pen. But anyways, been a great show, man. I would see you next week. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Rip Griffin Show. Make sure to subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Follow Rip on Twitter at RipGriffin2.